Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in. You're listening to This Week Again, and I'm your host, Suzanne Posel. We'll begin tonight's show with a shocking story of a guy who lied about who he was and then drove across country to commit murder and arson. Riverside police say Sheriff's Deputy Austin Lee Edwards out of Virginia brutally murdered Mark Sherry and their 38-year-old daughter, Brooke Winnick, then set their Price Court home on fire. Police say this triple homicide was committed by a predator who developed an online relationship with a teenage girl, then traveled across the country to California, killing her mother and grandparents. Killer dead after a wild shootout with deputies in a Mojave Desert ghost town. Okay, just so that we're clear, this guy was a 30-year-old cop catfishing a 15-year-old girl online. This cop used the database resources at the precinct where he worked to locate the 15-year-old to get her address, and then he quit his job the day before he left Virginia to go on this psychopathic road trip. Now, in recounting this story, police officers warned the public in the media about the dangers of online dating in the wake of this triple homicide, which we can all agree is very good advice. But it sounds to me like we need to be concerned about cops catfishing people online using resources at the precincts where they work to find out personal information about these children and then go to their home and commit arson and murder. And while we're on the subject of people that make me cringe, we've got clan mom and Georgia's favorite conspiracy theorist, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who just happened to be on Twitter recently. Roll tape. Representative Marjorie Greene wants to talk about flatulence, right? So here's the tweet in question. So many people still wearing masks. I just wanna ask you, if a pair of underwear, really thick ones, high quality cotton can't protect you from a fart, then how will a mask protect you from COVID? You know, Marjorie Taylor Greene is the only person who makes me want to put a paper bag over my head and hang my head in shame. So I'm gonna get this out of the way first, and I can't believe that I have to say this, but COVID travels on water droplets, which are bigger than gas molecules. Hence why masks work. But since Marjorie Taylor Greene is an alumni of South Forsyth High School in Georgia, who clearly does not believe in teaching students basic science facts, and the University of Georgia, who apparently will accept any white woman who can pay, it doesn't really surprise me that Mad Marge doesn't know what she's talking about when it comes to COVID, masks, science, anything. What does surprise me is how many very fine people apparently live in Georgia's 14th district, apparently also famous for its high concentration of aluminum and stupid. And while we're on this subject of people who will fall for anything, Webster's Dictionary has announced its word for the year 2022, and you'll never guess what it is. Merriam-Webster has named gaslighting their word of the year for 2022. They explain, quote, 
In this age of misinformation, of fake news, conspiracy theories, Twitter trolls, and deep fakes, gaslighting has emerged as a word for our time. A driver of disorientation and mistrust, gaslighting is the act or practice of grossly misleading someone, especially for one's own advantage. Oh, Webster, I'm so proud of you for having your finger on the pulse. There has been a lot of gaslighting happening of late, and it certainly has been going on longer than this past year, but I want to give a shout out to Webster for recognizing this mental mindfuck as the perfect word to describe the last 326 days, not that I'm counting. For example, when Republicans touted being the party of the working class during the midterms, then turned around and voted against rail workers getting paid sick leave, which they themselves benefit from at the taxpayer's expense, <laughs> that was gaslighting. When Republicans complained about baby formula shortages and then voted against a bill that would allow more formula to become available, that was gaslighting. When Republicans voted against funding for infrastructure and then went back to their districts and boasted about roads being repaired and jobs being created, <laughs> you guessed it, that was gaslighting. When the whitest of tortoises, Mitch McConnell, told his Asian wife that he loves her after voting against the Respect for Marriage Act, which, among other things, protects interracial marriage, Oh, you guessed it. That was gaslighting. And by the way, that was a shitty way to tell your wife that you might want a divorce by making her sit for hours watching C-SPAN just to find out whether or not you really are an ass-breathing clown. Fun fact, turtles breathe underwater by using their asshole like one big nostril. So there's that. But back to gaslighting because it's... It's not a bug of the Republican Party. It's actually a feature. Gaslighting is how Carrie Lake still has a career. And folks, if Kevin has his way, gaslighting is how he plans to become Speaker of the House. Is House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy's existence right now? He wants to be desperately the next House Speaker in the upcoming new Republican-controlled House. But because his new majority is so slim, as you know, he's got to keep as many hardliners as possible from voting no as some have already vowed to do. If we don't do this right, the Democrats can take the majority. If we play games on the floor, the Democrats can end up picking who the speaker is. When that man speaks, all I hear is, oh, wah, I think what Kevin is upset about is that his small majority in the House, thanks to the last election, means that he's got to have all Republicans on board or nothing at all. He's got to have every single vote or he can't have it. And if you've been paying attention to the tantrums on the right since the midterms, it's clear they've got a maggot infestation. Allies of the Orange Fury are littered all over the House GOP, and they don't play well with their conservative brothers and sisters. I recommend stocking up on popcorn when these girls start fighting. And I got to give it to the other side, because apparently there are adults in the room. 
House Democrats have new leadership. They elected New York Congressman Hakeem Jeffries as House Democratic leader. Jeffries succeeds Nancy Pelosi to party leader and becomes the first black man to lead a congressional party. At a time when Congress has to remind one third of the U.S. population that gay and interracial marriage is protected under law, the Democrats have chosen an intelligent black man who is quick with a quip and isn't afraid to speak truth to power as the leader of their party in the House. Brilliant. Mwah. Chef's kiss. So who is this mocha chocolate dream from the Bronx? And why is he the perfect person to lead the Democrats right now? Jeffries is 52, 30 years younger than the outgoing House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. A leader with a style all his own and a penchant for weaving in the legacy of hip-hop. That is why we are here, Mr. Seculo. And if you don't know, now you know. Jeffries became Democratic caucus chair in 2019 and has long been known for his advocacy around affordable housing and criminal justice reform. Oh, so you're telling me Hakeem Jeffries, who is a man working hard on issues that can actually improve American lives and also drop a biggie quote on the House floor. And what's not to love about this new leader of the House Democrats? Oh, and while we're on the subject of it's about damn time, here's a little nugget that we have been patiently waiting for. Elmer Stewart Rhodes, the Yale Law School educated founder of the far right extremist group, the Oath Keepers, has been convicted of seditious conspiracy in connection with the attack on the Capitol. The statute defines it this way. If two or more persons conspire to overthrow, put down or destroy by force the government of the United States or to levy war against it or to oppose by force the authority thereof or by force to prevent, hinder or delay the execution of any law of the United States, those convicted can face up to 20 years in prison. And this was about essentially his uh, coordinating this effort uh, to bring guns into the Washington, D.C. area. Some of them were stored uh, in Virginia in hotel rooms in what Rhodes called the Quick Reaction Force and dispatch members of this Oath Keeper militia to the Capitol. The moral of this story, kiddies, don't go storming the Capitol with your pew-pews when you don't get your way. And don't go to jail to defend a man who throws public temper tantrums. It's not a good look. And apparently, this jury agrees. So, poster child for why not to inbreed Stewie Rhodes is about to go down in history as the most seditious rootin' tootin' outlaw this side of InfoWars, with his Party City eye patch and his Budweiser-inspired dad bod. And could we finally please put to bed the gaslighting from asshats, maggots, and Fox News hosts that January 6th was a peaceful protest. Because obviously, you can't be convicted of seditious conspiracy if all you were doing was hanging out in a crowd doing white claw shots. This is serious because it's been 68 years since an American was convicted of patriot shenanigans that Stewie will be doing hard time for now. And clearly... This kind of conviction is not doled out like speeding tickets. It is really hard to get one of these. But you know what's not hard to get? Apparently a dinner invitation at Mar-a-Lago. As long as you are a little Nazi. Roll tape.
President Trump is attempting to defend a meal he shared this week with rapper Kanye West, who now goes by Ye, and white nationalist and Holocaust denier Nick Fuentes. Trump has since claimed to know nothing about Fuentes, and he says he didn't know who he was. Nick Fuentes, a Holocaust denier and avowed racist whose bigotry is no secret. It's his brand. He was at the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville in 2017 and at the January 6th riot at the Capitol. Self-proclaimed genius and the saddest of divorced dads, yay, has been very public about his feelings toward the Jewish people of late, which by itself has been quite disturbing considering he tweeted a picture of a Star of David with a swastika in the center just days after the Mar-a-Lago Nazi meet-and-greet, but combine it with declaring Nick Fuentes his new bestie and Ye's very vocal belief that the enslavement of Africans by colonists and future Americans was a choice. Well, now you know why we're here. So what is it about Nick that's got Ye some type of way? You look at these things like uh, abortion, it's popular. People like abortion, hate it, but it's true. And you can thank the Jewish media for that. Abortion's popular. Sodomy is popular, you know, being gay is popular, being a feminist is popular, sex out of wedlock is popular, contraceptives are, that's all popular. That's all, that's not to say it's good, that's not to say I like that. Popular means the people support it, which they do. And, uh, and it sucks and it is what it is, but that's why we need uh, dictatorship. <laughs> that's unironically why we need to get rid of all that. We need to take control of the media or take control of the government and force the people to believe what we believe. What, people calling me gay because I've never had a girlfriend? I think if anything, if anything, it makes me less gay. Never having a girlfriend, never having sex with a woman, really makes you more heterosexual. Because honestly, dating women is gay. <laughs> having sex with women is gay. And having sex with men is gay. And, and you know, it's really, it's all gay. Ah, spoken like a 24-year-old virgin, and hey, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, not by choice. Prove me wrong. <laughs> it, it makes sense why this guy's YouTube videos look like he's broadcasting out of his mother's basement with equipment that he stole from an 80s cable access show. <laughs> I'm just confused about the attraction for Yay with this Nick guy. Ye was having sex with Kim Kardashian at one point in time. Of course, not now. So why hang on tight with the most racist virgin in podcasting? Feels like a demotion. But then I remember that Ye's newfound Nazi ideology happens to coincide with his loss of income you know, with all of his sponsors dropping him like a gold digger, it might make sense that he would maybe in the future need a basement couch to crash on and, you know, while he just gets his shit together. Because, yeah, he's been caught not paying taxes, folks. And currently, he reportedly owes over $50 million in counting. So it seems like a perfect excuse to... I don't know, announce a candidacy for president, which Ye has done, because everyone knows campaign donations don't have to be returned if you don't win. 
<laughs> and speaking of unqualified presidential candidates, Ye revealed a um, a little spicy bit of the conversation he had with the uh, Marilardo. Most perturbed about me asking him to be my vice president. I think that was like lower on the list of things that caught him off guard. It was the fact that I walked in with intelligence. Um, no. Tangerine Palpatine doesn't want to share the spotlight with someone who reminds him of the Central Park Five that he tried to get executed for a crime they didn't commit. Besides... If old drinks with two hands is reinstalled as El Presidente, he'll need someone to head the Department of Housing and Urban Development, since Ben Carson probably isn't available. And isn't it convenient that Ye and Ben happen to be the same color, which apparently is all you need for that position as far as the circus peanut is concerned. So here's Ye hanging out with a 24-year-old Nazi virgin, bringing that guy as a plus one to Fatty Krueger's fast food feast at his retirement home in Florida, dropping hints of a collab for the presidency in 2024. (laughs) You think all of this bad publicity would have resulted in Ye's PR manager hog-tying his boss to a chair in an undisclosed basement, but you'd be wrong. Because Ye is on a roll, and there's only one place you can go to make everything ten times worse. Enter Alex Jones. That's right. You're not Hitler. You're not a Nazi. You don't deserve to be called that and demonized. Well, I, I, see, I, I see good things about Hitler also. The Jew, I love everyone. I'm done with the classifications. Every human being has something of value that they brought to the table, especially Hitler. For the record, Ye did that interview with Alex Jones in a black hood covering his face. Because I think that there is still a part of this man who is embarrassed to be a part of this man. And I couldn't help but notice that he said, especially Hitler, not even Hitler. To say especially Hitler is something that you would say a word combination that you would use when you're describing a Nazi. And I can't believe I have to say this out loud. But for the record, there is nothing redeeming about a Nazi. No good ever came from rounding up six million Jews and committing mass genocide. Absolutely nothing. What does come out of someone like Ye's thought process is a 34% increase in anti-Semitic attacks from the years 2020 to 2021. 34% increase in a year. And thanks to those who agree with Ye, 2022 is shaping up to be a record-breaking year with anti-Semitic attacks on the rise. Anti-Semitic harassment, vandalism, destruction of property, mass shootings at synagogues, all on the rise. 
Now, I don't want you to think that I'm just picking on Ye or Alex Jones or Nick Fuentes or even the former oaf in office for the increase in anti-Jewish hate. Because if I'm going to be honest, America has had a thing for Nazis ever since 1939. The venue was Madison Square Garden. A rally was being held called the Pro-American Rally. And this was nothing more than 20,000 plus Hitler sympathizers meeting and greeting very fine people, all discussing how to organize for white supremacy, fascism, and show their support for Hitler while World War II was just getting started. Sounds like a party right up Ye's alley. And ever since we've had politicians who just happened to be white and most likely from a southern state, spewing Nazi ideology like it is a normal thing to do. From former Republican Steve King to any night, any day for that matter, any time on Fox, you've got someone crying about how the Great Replacement Theory has been enacted and white people cannot become a minority in a Christian country that they themselves founded. And the asshats in Charlottesville who marched with their tiki torches shouting Jews will not replace us in between their blood and soil mantras because that is what Nazis do. They blamed the Jewish people for everything that is wrong with their lives. Like maggot Taylor Green saying Jewish space lasers because that's what white nationalists believe. It can't be a phenomenon brought on by climate change, which is driven by human activity. No, Jewish space lasers. Anti-Semitism, just like racism and religious zealotry, is a Republican Party feature. It's not a bug. They meant to do that anti-Semitic thing. Hang out with a vocal anti-Semite. Speak at a rally hosted by an anti-Semite with a room full of them. And can we please stop with the ever since 2016 obligatory moment where bitch McConnell comes out and says, there's no room for anti-Semitism in the Republican Party. First, let me just say that there is no room in the Republican Party for anti-Semitism or white supremacy. And anyone meeting with people advocating that point of view, in my judgment, are highly unlikely to ever be elected president of the United States. Ugh. I hate to break it to Alzheimer's McConnell, but old Wack Donald was president in 2017 when he said that there are very fine people amongst the asshats I mentioned earlier, the ones who marched chanting Jews will not replace us. And in 2017, if <laughs> my memory serves me, Turtle McConnell was a sitting member of Congress leading the Republicans in the Senate ahead of his party who said anti-Semites and very fine people. Now, maybe it's too much reality for Mr. Wobblechin over there in the Senate, but the fact of the matter is Republican 
is Nazi go-to political party. It has been that way for decades. And it will continue to be that way because, folks, that's who they are. For some reason, Nazis, people who identify as Nazi, who wear their bedsheets to their club gatherings, they agree with what the former oaf in chief and yay and Nick Fuentes and Alex Jones say. Isn't it interesting? I don't think that yay and Nick are a mistake. I think they are the intention. Because when Nazi groups in the domestic United States, and for that matter, across the world, show support for maggot politicians and prominent maggot talking heads, it's not mis-messaging. It's not that those people don't get it. They understand that they are the intended audience. And, and don't let the talking heads with the Republican Party fool you. Because they know whether politician or voter. They know that they are at the very least Nazi adjacent. And they're okay with it. It's a badge of honor. Even if they wear it in the closet. And that's all I have to say about that, folks. New episodes of This Week Again air every Sunday. Follow the show on any social media that you find us on. And um, we are now on Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts, or practically wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening, and ta for now.